building a relationship and trust is imperative, again, to make sure that you're understanding, okay, well, yeah, they're here today because maybe they need, you know, housing or they're having trouble with their car or something like that. But it's important to know that full picture. Hey, what's up? This is Corey Dion Lewis, clinical health coach and host of the Healthy Project podcast. Now, the research shows that social determinants can have a greater impact on your health more than healthcare or lifestyle choices. The purpose of this podcast is to discuss how to improve health and reduce health inequity by speaking to healthcare professionals, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs. Now, if you're enjoying the podcast, give it a review, or you can also make a donation to The Healthy Project using the link in the description. It takes 30 seconds and it's super easy. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now let's get started. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Healthy Project Podcast. I am your host, Corey Dion Lewis. Uh, I have a great guest in the building today. You've probably heard me talk about um, this organization before on social media, uh, findhelp.org. Some of you may know them as Aunt Bertha, uh, but I have Vicki Walsh. She's the Community Engagement Manager at Find Help, a, a public benefit corporation. Um, Vicki, thank you so much for being on with me today. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Corey. Always a pleasure to chat. Yes. So, so I'm, I'm super excited about this conversation, Vicki, because like I said, I've talked about Aunt Bertha. I've used Aunt Bertha. We talked about this as well. I've used it for years. Um, so I'm really interested and not only, you know, you know what you do at, at findhelp.org, but also that from a social worker perspective, I know that's your background um, about social work and health outcomes. Uh, be- but before we get into that conversation, how about you tell the people a little bit about yourself and what gets you up in the morning? Sure, absolutely. So thanks again for having me, Corey. Really appreciate the opportunity. My name is Vicki Walsh, like Corey mentioned. And so I'm the community engagement manager for Find Help. I cover the Midwest, which is a wide swath of our country, um, but very excited. Um, so I live here in Kenosha, Wisconsin, but I've been working with Iowa, Minnesota, uh, the ne- Nebraska, the Dakotas, and Illinois. How can I forget Illinois? And, uh, so I've been I've been working with Find Help for uh, about the last ten or eleven months. So you've actually been on the Find Help Aunt Bertha bandwagon longer than I have been. But uh, very excited to have joined the team last year. And I just I wish I had this as something when I was a social worker starting out. Um, but really, my my why and what gets me up and going in the morning is the idea that everyone deserves to have access to resources, whatever that means for them. Um, As a social worker by trade, so I have my bachelor's and master's in social work. And one of the things that's, you know, I I really identified with from the beginning of my social work education was the idea of the the inherent dignity and worth of of each person and the power of, of human relationships. And I'm a big believer that uh, change happens at the speed of trust, and um, there's a lot of change that needs to happen. I think uh, we, we're all real aware of, I mean, I would hope we're all real aware of of how difficult and challenging um, people's right. lives can be. And so I grew up in rural Wisconsin, um, northern Wisconsin, and um, had lots of um, mental health and and different different social needs come up for my family and knowing how hard it was for my mom as a single mom to drive an hour to find 
uh, a therapist for my family and I, and uh, things like that. And so the idea that findhelp.org is, is really focused on connecting people in need and the programs that serve them, but specifically with dignity and ease, that gets me up every morning that I get to work for a company that makes it possible for people to find and more importantly, connect to the resources that they need. And so the fact that I get to work with awesome people like you and, and awesome community-based organizations who are day in, day out, on the ground, doing the work, serving their communities. Um, the fact that I get to, to be a small part of that is, is pretty exciting. Absolutely. And you know what, Vicki, I remember thinking the same thing once I stumbled upon uh, the platform thinking, man, this would have been cool to have as a resource when I was a younger kid or um, whenever anybody, you know, back in you know, the early 90s or Mm-hmm. early 2000s like man this would this would have been a very great resource uh it's great we have it now you know yeah I mean? yeah better late than never i guess right yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely absolutely so you know i know you have your your social work background you grow up with that you know you have that heart did you ever feel during that time that social services or you know social work would really be in the discussion talking about health outcomes? Like, did you ever see that combined or, you know, what was your thought? (laughs) Yeah, no, I I appreciate that you asked that question specifically because it was not. Um, I knew that when I was growing up, I knew I wanted to help people and I I bounced between career ideas in high school and even in in college to some degree that I wanted to help people. Uh, But I, I didn't land on social work until I realized that it was vague enough and broad enough that Basically, to be a social worker, you have to be a people person and you have to have the heart for it. Um, and that's that's pretty much it. And that commitment to those ethics. And um, but I never really considered the the implication of, you know, the what we call our macro or community level health health outcomes as as a, a, a part of social work. I knew that I could play a small piece, maybe in an individual's life. Um, but the idea that that you really can apply the, the principles and ethics um, of social work in a community-wide landscape and really have tangible effects on health outcomes, I don't think it's something we talk about. And I don't think it's something that's well understood. When you think about um, community social work, we often talk about lobbyists and policy work. And that, that work's critical. That work is so important because social workers can help um, amplify the voices of of those with lived experience. But um, I think there are other creative ways that social workers can get involved in um, helping to shape community health outcomes. And so I was really excited that um, luckily I had a a great friend apply at Find Help. I helped her write her cover letter and then asked her to do some some intel work. I was like, talk to me in six months. Let me know how the company culture is. And after rave reviews, I was so excited that, that a position became available. So, um, but yeah, so long, short answer long. No, I, I didn't really consider that. And, and find help has been a really um, great experience and, and platform for me to start to learn kind of that, that power of social work. Right. So for those, before I get too ahead of myself, for those that may not know about find help, you know, what, what is find help? What do you guys do, you know, yeah. there? Yeah, super 
more important to cover, you betcha. So um, the Wisconsin's coming out. Hey, um, so Find Help is, uh, we're an online resource. Uh, we list over 1,300 programs across every county across the United States. So these are local, state, and national programs. So really the breadth of services. The best thing about Find Help is, in my opinion, that we're an open network, which means that we're available anywhere, anytime across the United States. All you need to get started in finding the resources that you need or that might be helpful for someone in your life is a zip code. So I love that feature because I have family across the states. I have friends in, across the states. And so whether I'm helping you know, my sisters in Columbus or I'm helping my aunt up in Minnesota, all I need is their programmatic their zip code and I can right. find programs. So it's not only finding the programs though, that's wonderful is on find help. You can also directly connect with those programs. So if a program has um, opted to participate in our network, which is always free and always worth mentioning that it's free, um, they have the opportunity to turn on referral tools so that people can directly connect with the click of a button, um, which is wonderful um, and and I really think speaks to health equity because I know that um, for very good reason, communities of color don't trust health or social care systems because getting involved often means a string of unintended or um, unforeseen consequences for them or their families. So you also have the opportunity to browse and connect anonymously to services mm-hmm. um, and do that for yourself. People are the experts of their own experience. They know what they need or what they don't need. And so being able to, to prioritize that and, and search. So that's fine help. In a, in a nutshell. Yeah, that that's awesome. And I think you brought up a very good point about being able to now with, with my experience, yes, it has been me talking with patients and finding out where their concerns are through our conversation and then bringing them to the find help app or things like that. But they can actually download this and, and do it themselves. They don't have to go through someone else. They can really figure out what their needs are and do that themselves. And it's super easy. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I love is that the tool is really um, broadly applicable and flexible. So what's valuable to you as a healthcare coordinator and working with people, both from a health system perspective, but also as a member of your community, you can show people and teach people and you have access to certain tools and things that might be valuable, like saving programs into favorites folders and stuff like that for easy access for you as a navigator. But it's so important because you, you know, and I'm sure all too familiar with the idea that what somebody is comfortable telling you in the in your inside your four walls may not be the whole picture but having this resource available to them or should something change right like somebody's living situation changes someone's employment situation changes their life changes and they might need different things two weeks after seeing you but having that experience, knowing that you trust it as a resource and that it's somewhere that they can go and and reliably find help on their own, as well as in partnership with um, someone who knows the system. So it's really meant to be kind of that both and um, approach to accessing care. Absolutely. So I kind of want to pick your uh, social worker brain here and, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, how do you feel you know, social work or social services, you know, how are they, especially now during this time of this pandemic, how do you feel like they are really helping our, you know, our really vulnerable, most vulnerable and underserved populations? 
Yeah, I think social workers are pivotal. I mean, I might be a little bit biased, um, and <laughs> I certainly am, uh, but I do I do believe that that social workers play kind of this linchpin role of um, helping understand the full scenario, the full setting. Navigating the social care system is, if you've ever had to do it on behalf of yourself or a loved one, mm-hmm. you know how challenging it can be, whether it's um, eligibility requirements, transportation, appointment management, and navigation with all of the other life responsibilities you have. And so from a navigation perspective, I think social workers are pivotal because they have kind of this system-wide lens. They understand who other players might be in the space that can be helpful. So in that respect, I think, um, you know, as intended or maybe as people would would come or naturally think social workers help, I think they do. But I think um, what social workers uniquely bring to the table is, again, this ability to build relationships with individuals and to see them as a whole person. And um when you're talking about being involved in care systems or in any system, building a relationship and trust is imperative, again, to make sure that you're understanding, okay, well, yeah, they're here today because maybe they need, you know, housing or they're having trouble with their car or something like that. But it's important to know that full picture. And social workers understand that and and understand how to develop that trust. And especially in a world where, you know, we don't, you can't trust what you read on Facebook. You can't trust what you see on TV. It's the, the idea that we need more trust and we need more relationships if we're going to be making the tangible change that, you know, real addressing root cause change that, that we know makes a difference when it comes to whether it's health outcomes or just outcomes, generally speaking if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. You know, especially, you know, when, when I think of social work and specifically within the healthcare system, the first thing that comes to my mind is trust because, you know, coming, thinking of, you know, our most vulnerable or underserved or, you know, our black and brown communities, there is a significant mistrust in the healthcare system, but having that person there to be able to support you through that and to, and to guide you through that healthcare system that has no has no uh, has no agenda they just want to, they just want to help i think it really helps pick at that mistrust a little bit um yeah i don't know i don't know every healthcare system in, in the country so i don't know if everybody has a social work team or has a social worker or part of a patient's care team but i think it's it's so important just for that rapport and, and building that trust so they can navigate that healthcare system and get the get the care they need. Yeah. And I think you bring up a really good point in terms of, you know, whether or not all systems have social workers. And in my experience, they absolutely don't. And if they, mm-hmm. even if they have social workers, how many do they have compared to, you know, how, what the capacity is of their system. Right. Mm-hmm. And because really, I think uh, just a missed opportunity is, um, and and coming from someone, I worked in direct services for um, five five years, I think it was before I went back for my master's. And um, just just like anyone else, right? We're all burnt out a little bit, especially yeah. again, people who where compassion is is the meat and potatoes of what you're doing. Compassion fatigue is real. Burnout is real. Mm-hmm. And so I think it can be a missed opportunity. But where I think social workers have have power is meeting people where they're at 
and validating and normalizing that. So when we talk about the mistrust that Black and Brown communities have in systems, generally speaking, but specifically the healthcare system, um, not dismissing that and not putting, you know, making sure to, to hear that, to have space for that, and then um, to work with that person, not for that person to say, you're absolutely right. You know, I understand how you're feeling and, and that is messed up. And yeah. how can, how can I help? Like, how can I use my privilege and my power to, to be your ally in this space? And um, if you're overworked, you have a, a huge caseload and you're discharge planning for a hospital, um, you may not have time to have those conversations with people. And so it's not just about the presence of a social worker. I think it's the intentionality and investment, um, recognizing the, the power and validity that, that social workers can bring to the table. Yeah, I was just thinking, I don't think a lot of people understand the all that you can do, right? Like, I feel like the, most people feel like, okay, social work, okay, you, you know, you provide service for, you know, therapy, or you provide service for people in this category or this category, but there's so much more you can do to, to really provide a service and to improve health outcomes for people. Yeah. And I think that's very much the perception, right? I remember my very first social work assignment, and this this might be an aside, but my very first social work assignment um, as an undergrad was to ask, I think it was five different folks in my life, um, friends, family, whoever, Mm -hmm. what do social workers do? And uh, that was it. That was the only prompt and to collect the responses and analyze those trends. And by and large, um, <clears throat> most people don't know. And the, the response I got most often was, don't you take kids away from families? That's what social workers do. I was just going to say that. Yeah. 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 That's, that's the perception. And um, which I think, you know, <laughs> As the social workers um, I know and love, we spend a lot of time developing relationships and not a lot of time on marketing. So um, (laughs) some work to do there. But I do believe that. um, And and one of the reasons I landed on social work, like I mentioned, was because it was so general. It was so vague. There were so many different ways to implement the skill set. and the language that that really my education helped provide and my learning experiences. So social workers all have to do um, kind of an intense, and this is similar to other professions I know, but an intense um, internship process where you know you're having classes alongside your internship to all of these different things. And so um, learning and applying and I don't know. There are so many different skills that that each individual social worker has. Um, and again, I think it's understanding. And I do think it's shifting though, Corey, I think Mm -hmm. that we're seeing a shift in health systems and in just the health space, understanding the importance of, of things like care coordination. That's something that social workers, you know, it's again, a bread and butter thing, compassion and and care coordination. Those, those are, that's pretty much it. And, but understanding that the care coordination is more than just scheduling and calling appointments. It's it's really, again, meeting people where they're at and right. understanding where they want to go. That self-determination piece is absolutely everything to social work. And it's also one of the things that I've I found aligns so well with Find Help as a company. It's this idea of people are the experts of their experiences. People know what they need. And if they don't, they have an idea. Right. Uh, and really we should, we should follow their lead and just help, help them as they need it. Right. Exactly. That's great. There are a few things I want to touch on, but before I go there, how do you feel like the work at find help 
has it changed or expanded due to the, due to the pandemic? What, what are some things you feel like you guys had to maybe pivot on or pivot at all? How's that been? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, it's so again, funny. You should ask that Corey. Because, <laughs> um, in my time in my, my brief 10 month stint with find help so far, um, we've changed our entire name. Um, so you mentioned <laughs> that, that we were previously known as Aunt Bertha. And so that story, um, is, is one that I don't tell often anymore, but the idea behind Aunt Bertha as a name for the company was this idea that Aunt Bertha picks up where uncle Sam leaves off. And mm-hmm. the idea that <clears throat> it was a quirky enough name for folks to remember, um, and Hopefully getting it's folks to hard to forget. Yeah, right. We got called Big Bertha a lot. So that was something we had to work with, but um not Big Bertha, uh, in fact, Aunt Bertha. But one of the things we found and and a change that happened before my time, but recently, kind of as a result of the pandemic and the just extreme shift in need of services um, that that brought, uh, was that so what was previously the directory of AuntBertha.com became uh findhelp.org. And so thinking that that was a more intuitive URL, that people would hopefully find it more easily, which is, again, really the the mean potatoes of what we tried to do. We really want people to be able to find what they need with ease. So we thought that that was a strong change. And we noticed an increase of traffic. The data really showed us that that was a strong move. And then after just consulting with with people that we work with, our partners, our community-based organizations that we partner with, um, we, we did work with some marketing folks uh, and all of that good stuff, realizing that it made a lot of sense to align our brand in total to just be find help. Um, so we still do businesses, Aunt Bertha, and all the, the tax things that we'll be seeing soon. But um, that was that was a specific change that, that we've made in my time to, to respond to need. Um, in terms of other changes that we've we've seen or implemented in during the pandemic and um, just recently, um, is I want to say that we've done a. We're gonna have to edit a little. Um, I, I want to say that we've done a really good job of listening to. Uh, what the what our users need in terms of functionality and how that works. Um, so what I mean by that is the idea that we are really trying to help establish trusted network relationships. So we think it's always important to have the whole host, the whole breadth of social services available to individuals. Um, but we're also, it's not an either or, we also think it's important to start um, going to where our where we're seeing traffic and saying okay we've got people who are really searching here we've got people who are really trying to connect with services here how can we work with our customers work with our organizations to say you know, we're wanting to develop some trusted uh, partner networks, and we are really looking at what it looks like to close the loop on referrals and what support is needed. And so one of the things that I've been really excited about seeing in my time is just the rapid growth of Find Help to make sure that there is support regionally across the country. So our team is based in Austin, Texas. Um, I'm in the Midwest, and so I'm the Midwest CEM, but I'm really excited. I know our team is going to continue to be growing over the next year, um, just because as more people are finding out about us, um, we want to make sure that everyone has the attention and support that they need kind of through the process of whether it's your program provider and you want to know how to optimize your listing or you're somebody in need of services. We want to be always, always want to be able to provide that support. Yeah, absolutely. And which is definitely, definitely needed right, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so you said something 
before and we talk a whole lot about burnout but we never really talk about compassion fatigue mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. it's real when you said that i felt like i heard every social worker in the midwest go amen <laughs> yeah. what has your experience been like well first let's kind of explain compassion fatigue yeah. and what's your experience been like and as a social worker yourself what kind of advice may you have yeah. So compassion fatigue is that experience of, um, man, running out, just running out of it, running out of gas, running, you know, the, the why that keeps social workers going, I think is everything. No one chose, no one chose social work because they wanted to be rich uh, or because they wanted to be famous. Um, and so, so we're really driven by that. And I think what can be hard, and I know that it's not unique to social work, it's nurses. I have friends who are nurses. Yeah. My mom's a physician's assistant um, over in La Crosse. And I know that she's experiencing this too, where, um, you know, your, your cup can only be so full. And when it's empty, it can be hard to refill. And so um, part of that is just the nature of the beast. That's the job um, when you're working with people who have, you know, experience trauma, you get that secondhand trauma. Um, you, you, you hear things and you, you live through things. You struggle when you, um, are, are caught up against systems where you want to help, but there, your hands are tied and there's nothing you can do. And, um, and that's certainly been my experience where, you know, that's actually why I went back for my master's degree in social work was because, I, I knew that there were things that I could not change as a care coordinator that um, that I, I wanted to change or that I thought needed to be changed. And so that that was enough to propel me into my, my master's degree. Um, but in terms of addressing compassion fatigue and, and what that what that can look like, um, I'm afraid I don't have an answer for you. I think especially with the weight of today's world, mm -hmm. I think it is both. Um, misplaced. And honestly, sometimes I'm insulted by the idea that we can self-care our way um, mm. out of the weight of today's world. Um, the problems that that we experience today and that we're grappling with, that's not a bath bomb situation or light a candle situation. Right. You know? Like there are people dying. There are people who are, you know, fighting to survive. And that, that, yeah, that's, it's, it's heavy. And so I think normalizing that and talking about it, uh, can be really helpful. I, I'm a, one of those people where I can only live in that space of compassion fatigue for so long before I have to, I have to do something. So whether it's right. a event session with a friend, whether it's, um, an inspiring conversation with a community partner, um, or hearing from people like you who are in that navigator position and how you've used you know, something is, yeah. is, you know, like find help to, to, to really make a difference. Um, I think, I think it's checking back in. It's that perspective of like, okay, let's reassess. How have I made a difference or what can I do tangibly to make even a small difference? And those small wins add up and start to fill your cup again. And right. that's been my only way out of it, especially over the last couple of years is, checking out when my cup is dry, which is not something most people have the luxury of doing. And I totally recognize that as a privilege of both remote work and also, um, again, my, my white cis hetero privilege of, I, I can check out when my cup is dry. Right. Um, but I remember when I, when I was 
you know, I'm still, I'm still in the helping profession, but within social work. And I think it's just one of those things where one, if you have a, if you have a heart for compassion, it doesn't take many wins to refill that up. Right. Like you kind of only need like a couple and you're like, okay, I'm ready. I can do I'm this. Ready. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I remember when I worked for um, a nonprofit called Orchard Place and I worked with, with uh, kids there. And, you know, when you're working with kids 40 hours a week who are um, not nice at times, but they're going through their own, they're going through their own go through. Sometimes you forget they're going through something and you're just like, I don't care nothing about these kids. <laughs> like it, it happens when yeah. you're getting books thrown at you or they're saying racial slurs at you that get under your skin or whatever mm. the case may be. After a while, you're like, whatever. But I remember uh, my boss told me one time, you know, whenever you feel like you don't care, go read their file. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. So there are multiple times where I had to take a step back and go reread somebody's file on why they're there. And it was like, wow, mm -hmm. I wouldn't even I couldn't even imagine living a week in their shoes. Right. Right. And, and you expect them to care about whatever you care about, right? Like you're right. mad at them because, and I totally know I, I worked at a residential facility for youth, um, after, after I graduated and, and it was a, it was only a, a few months that I worked there. It was third shift and I'm a morning person. So it was really not for me, <laughs> but, but totally I, I, you, you as the, the care provider, like I care about these things and I, I need to get these things done and they don't. You can't expect them to care about that when they're carrying all of that, that those scars and those, yes. those battles with them. And yeah, man, read, that is actually the same advice I think that I got that, you know, read their file and yeah, that perspective taking means. Yeah. It's all about perspective. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, Vicki, thank you so much for being on with me today. I super appreciated it. If um, anybody wanted to get to know more about Find Help and the work you do with findhelp.org, or if they just wanted to connect with you, you know, where can, where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can find me on LinkedIn. I've got my, my LinkedIn profile ready to rock um, in anticipation of high traffic. No, just kidding. But um, <laughs> but no, if you're interested in learning more about Find Help, we do have the social media uh, situations on deck. So we've got both an Instagram and a Twitter. Um, and I think we have a TikTok, which is incredible to me as an elder <laughs> millennial. Uh, but, but you can find all of us, uh, find all about us, find out. <laughs> all about us at, uh, at findhelp.org. You can always feel free to do some quick searches and see what's available in your community. So yeah, if you'd like to get connected with me personally, I'd welcome the opportunity. Um, visit my, my Vicki Walsh LinkedIn pro profile. Otherwise head over to find help social media and, and that'll get you started. Yes. And all those links will be in the description of this episode. So you can definitely find them there pretty easily. Um, again, Vicki, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much, Corey. Appreciate it. Yes, and everybody, thank you for listening to the Healthy Project Podcast. I'll holler at you next time.